0: of the set apart podcast biblical encouragement for women of all ages Today, I want to take a little detour from our series on Amy Carmichael and talk about the exceeding abundant faithfulness of God. This is something I've been meditating on a lot lately, and I think so many of us just need to be freshly reminded of how truly faithful our God is. Before we dive in, I wanted to let you know that registration is now open for our 2022 Set Apart Conference, which is the first weekend of June. You can register for a simulcast and host the sessions anytime throughout the year after June, or you can join us in Colorado. I'd love to see you there our theme this year is on abiding in Christ and what does that mean to walk through each day in intimacy with him. Let's dive into today's episode. I wanted to share a few amazing stories from Christian history that just showcase that principle of God going exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think. One of the stories is a mother who lived in England a number of generations ago, kind of in a totally different era. She was very burdened for her wayward teenage son. He had been following Christ as a young man, but then had kind of gotten distracted with worldly influences and she was so burdened for him that she went into her room. She was staying with some relatives and she said, I'm not going to get up from my knees until I know that my prayers have been heard and my son's soul has been won. So she stayed in her room for hours and hours and hours praying and crying out to God. And finally, she had the assurance that his soul had been won for Christ. A few days later, she went home. He met her at the door. He said he had given her life to Christ. And she found out that it was the very same day that she had been crying out on his behalf, that he had wandered into his father's study and picked up a track and felt convicted and given his life to Christ. That mother's name was Amelia Taylor, and her son's name was Hudson Taylor. Now, God didn't just rescue Hudson's soul that day. He actually built one of the most mighty missionaries in modern Christianity. Hudson Taylor pioneered mission work in China. He started the China Inland Mission. He, he was responsible for sharing the gospel with literally hundreds of thousands in China and inspiring and equipping missionaries all over the world. He's known as the father of modern missions. Now, this was just an example of a mother who was burdened for the soul of her child crying out on his behalf and God going exceed abundantly beyond all that she could have asked or thought. Not just rescuing his soul, but building one of the mightiest missionaries in modern times. Another incredible story is from Lillian Trasher, who was an American woman who started the first Christian orphanage in Egypt. She was responsible for the care of 700 orphans and widows, and they ran this orphanage entirely on faith. And they had to trust God for their daily needs. People would often bring food and gifts, and that's how they survived, through prayer and people's generosity but when the war came they were about to starve because most of the the typical ways of getting food and supplies to this orphanage had been cut off because of the war. She called a day of fasting and prayer. They stopped all the normal activities. They cried out to God and she said, Lord, unless you do a miracle, we will all starve. The next day she was summoned to the American embassy. She had no idea why they were calling her there and they didn't even really know much about her. She had never had a relationship with the American embassy, but they said, we were told about your orphanage and we wondered if you had any need of food or supplies. And she said, yes, we do have need of food and supplies. They said there's a Red Cross ship that has unloaded its cargo. It had to turn around and it couldn't deliver it to its where it was supposed to go because of attacks and, in the war. And one of the sailors convinced them to, rather than dumping the cargo overboard, to unload it on the shore and put it in a warehouse. And he told us about your orphanage. So she went to this warehouse and she literally saw just floor to ceiling, hundreds and hundreds of sacks of rice and food and hundreds of clothing items and blankets and everything that they could possibly need to sustain them through the rest of the war. God hadn't just sustained them for a day or two, but he had gone exceedingly abundantly beyond all that they could ask or think. And I think I've told the story before of Darlene Divler, who was an American missionary taken prisoner by the Japanese, and she was in death row in a Japanese prison cell starving and in desperate need of nourishment. She really desired a banana, but she couldn't think of how God could even get one banana in that death row prison cell to her. She was like 60 pounds getting two thirds cup of rice a day and that was it. So a banana would have really nourished her, but she just said, God, I don't, I don't think there's any way you can do it. But through an incredible series of events, someone came and delivered to her 92 bananas. She was so ashamed because she said, Lord, here I was doubting that you could get even one to me and you gave me 92. And he spoke to her heart. That is what I delight to do. The exceedingly abundantly beyond all that you could ask or think. When I look back to my own life, I remember times when God has just come through far beyond what I could have dreamed or hoped or imagined. I remember specifically a time when I was praying for my future husband and waiting and seeking to live in faithfulness to him, but really wondering if it would truly be worth it if God would really answer this prayer. And yet somewhere out there in the world, as I was struggling through this commitment and praying for my future husband, God wasn't just answering the prayer of bringing someone into my life. He was building a man who was praying for me every day, living faithfully for me every day, and writing me love letters even before he knew my name. The way that God wrote our love story was so exceedingly abundantly beyond all that I could have asked or hoped for. And didn't mean it was easy the whole time or that the waiting was easy, but when God finally answered that prayer, it was so far beyond my dreams or hopes. I remember Eric giving me a notebook of love letters that he had written to me before we were married. He gave them to me on our honeymoon, and I remember thinking, wow, this is what God was doing. The whole Time I was doubting whether he would really be faithful in this area. I could share lots of stories of God's faithfulness throughout our married life. A few highlights though, when we were adopting our daughter Harper from Korea, we were told that it was going to take a long time. There was a lot of paperwork, it could just take up to a year or two. But we began to pray that it would be the fastest adoption the agency had ever done. And they had been around since the 80s, so we were asking kind of a lot with this. But We really stood in faith and we just said, God, we know you can do one miracle after the next and bringing her home. And that's exactly what he did. We saw incredible things happen, even down to the financial provision that we needed for the adoption, down to the very last $30. I remember so much money had come in for the adoption. It was right around the amount that we needed. We were only $30 short. And we were writing a check to a babysitter for our other son, Hudson, and it was $30. And she said, no, put that towards your adoption fund. And that was the very day we needed the remainder of the money. It was just incredible. And when they called us to tell us that Harper was ready to come home from Korea, they said to us, this is the fastest adoption our agency has ever done. And it really was exceedingly abundantly beyond all we could ask her. think. Even the way she transitioned into our home, we were concerned that she would be really have a lot of stranger anxiety, wouldn't bond with us because she had sh- shown signs of that in Korea and they had wanted to medicate her just to get her on the flight because she was so stressed out being in new situations. And yet when she came home, she just immediately came to us and she was at peace and she knew that she was where she was supposed to be. I remember the social worker the next day saying, this child knows knows. knows who her parents are. I think about the time we adopted Reese and Lily from Haiti, our fifth and our sixth child. It was a really difficult adoption. The whole thing was just an exercise in spiritual warfare. And there were so many times I just wanted to walk away because it was so disheartening and so discouraging. to have to start over so many times. And I was just praying the whole time that they would just come home. And yet God did so much more than that. I remember Job 29 was a passage that was very significant to us, especially in that time, about standing for the orphan and the widow and being a rescuer. And when we finally got the call that they were able to come home, it was the 29th day of the 29th month that we had started the adoption process. God was hallmarking that day very specifically. And when they came off the plane, I wasn't even sure if they would know who I was because we'd only seen them twice and they were only two and a half years old. But they yelled out, mama, mama, and came running straight to me. And even that was exceedingly abundantly beyond all that I could ask or think because they not only got home, but they were delighted to be home and they knew who their parents were. And it was beautiful. When I think about Ellerslie discipleship training, our our story of how that ministry started, there were so many miracles that happened. But I remember the the process of trying to acquire a lease on this Bible college campus right when the first group of students were coming for a summer of discipleship training. We had been able to lease the dorms, but not the entire campus. And some people in our life were saying, you know, you better have a backup plan because you have no place to teach these students. They have dorms but you're going to have to do like a tent on the lawn or something because you can't get access to any of the other buildings. We began to pray. And just days before the first students arrived, we signed the lease on the whole campus. God had done exceedingly abundantly beyond all we could ask or think. The opening banquet for Ellerslie, Eric had written a vision statement for a discipleship training school about 17 years before. And we were finally seeing that vision come to to fruition here. And we wanted to find the the vision statement but our house had flooded we had had a septic backup our stuff was everywhere we thought oh there's no way we're going to be able to find this piece of paper we prayed and it was the first bin that we looked and it was just laying on top and we read that statement eric read it that opening banquet night and it was so beautiful to see god bringing a vision to pass 17 years later exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think There have been times in our discipleship ministry when we've had tests of faith, tests of financial shortfall, and I remember one time a few years ago when we were really in a, a situation where we needed God to provide, we needed $10,000 the next day just to pay bills and stay afloat. And we were sort of thinking, okay, God, show us a way we can squeeze money out of here and, and move money around here and somehow make it through, but God had bigger plans. We Eric had jokingly told one of our staff members, hey, when you go to the mail, bring back a $10,000 check, which that was pretty unusual. I mean, that doesn't usually happen just to find a $10,000 check in the mail. Um, so he was mostly joking, but she came back about an hour later, holding a $10,000 check in her hand and said, I found it. God did it. He didn't just help us kind of squeeze money out of this and that and make it through. He provided exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think. And so many things I can look at in my life and see that kind of faithfulness of God. So looking at the hindrances or roadblocks or challenges that you're facing today in your life, my question for you is this, are you praying wimpy limiting prayers or are you asking God to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that you could ask or think? Because that is what he delights to do. In fact, he is eager to come through for his children. It says in scripture, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show." himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. He is eager and poised and ready for us to call out to him. And he wants to show himself strong on our behalf. One of the scriptures I've been meditating upon all week is Lamentations 3.23, which says, God's compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. It says that his faithfulness endures for all generations. His faithfulness is not small or limited. His faithfulness is mighty and strong and powerful. So let's look to the faithfulness of God and not just to our own doubts or our own circumstances. Let's remember how great his faithfulness is really is. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper in living a set-apart life for Jesus Christ, I invite you to visit us at setapartgirl.com and see the many resources that we have for you there about living a Christ-centered life. I pray that you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.